Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Pinchtown TV. I am Paul, and with me today are Kyle, Luke, and producer Dave. We are back to talk about The Witcher Season 3, Part 2. We'll be talking about just Episode 6 today. Everybody has a plan till they get punched in the face. If you're here for the first time, welcome. We are Bingetown TV, a group that loves talking about some good bingeable TV. And if you found us on our separate Witcher feed, welcome and thanks for hanging with us. But if you want to see some of the other work that we covered, check out our main Bingetown TV feed and you can find this at BingetownTV.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on all socials. We have over 350 episodes with at least 70 plus shows. So we're sure you'll find something you like. Um, We recently got our Discord server up and running too. It's a really fun place to chat all things Witcher and every other show we covered. Uh, you know, such a silo with that finale happening. There's a lot of theories and chatter going on there. It's a really welcoming community, even though it's small, but it's a lot of fun. So please hey. come join it. We're getting big. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> but back to The Witcher, just a little short month wait between episode five and six. But my God, I think we might be in unanimous decision here that episode six was just incredible and i want to hear your guys' thoughts it was by far the best episode of the series like i don't even think an episode comes close in my mind i was watching this episode and paul was kind of texting us loosely throughout the whole thing saying like oh my god this episode and i wasn't really just kind of brushing it off like okay it probably can't be that great but within like 20 minutes my mouth was already on the floor at the end of it my mouth was just like i had to process everything that was going through my mind as someone who read the books too i thought this portrayal of Artuza was just absolutely incredible. I think a lot of the events that happened and unfolded were very, for the most part, were very book accurate, um, except m- minus a couple things towards the end of what was going on at the end of the episode. But oh my God, I was, I'm pissed, man. I fucking, I hate Henry Cavill. I fucking, I'm, no, is, <laughs> stop that. I fucking, the show is so good, man. It's so good. And I talked to Luke at about it. Um, and sorry, by the way, if I sound like shit, I have a little bit of a cold, so I won't be talking too much besides me gushing yeah. the episode <laughs> right now. Um, but I talked to Luke and he was saying that like all the reviews seemed to be very negative, which I hadn't really seen. And I, I was just shocked. I couldn't, I can't be a, I couldn't imagine being a witcher, fan of The Witcher and then watching this episode and thinking, wow, that was horrible. I just, I don't know. Yeah. So I was gone for the last two podcast episodes. I also probably sound bad. We were all together for vacation, coming back a little sick, but excuse my voice. Yeah, Dave, I was 
shocked to see the reception online because I've been craving this part two of this season. I've been liking season three a lot. I didn't get to share my thoughts in the last four episodes, but all just quickly say is like Siri's been doing it for me. I love all of her Witcher progression um, and like all that character development she's been getting. Uh, hate I hate Kahir and Frangilla. More on that in a little bit, but that's pretty much sums up my last four episodes. And Henry's the man. And I love that you guys keep talking about it because I knew every pot it was going to get brought up at least once. So I'm happy to get that quota in right now. That it is going to be a depressing day when he leaves. But that being said, this episode was awesome. There were a lot of 10 out of 10 moments. Like I thought the first uh, fight scene in episode one was the best moment of the entire series. There's a chance that the Riance moment might have easily for even easily overtaken that. And that was only like 20 seconds for me, but this was like the most anticipated plot I've been looking forward to from the books. I remember reading, I think this was book two time of contempt. Yeah. 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 Um, reading this and me, Dave and Paul had a group chat going on and I was just loving the whole build up to the hour two is a fight. And like, I love all that plot, all that politics that was going on. And then the fight happens again. And I thought it was solidified. Like the Witcher book series was going to be absolutely amazing, but sad thought just for me as a book reader, it kind of all went, started going a little bit downhill for here. And I thought this was the peak. This could have been the finale. And I kind of almost wish it was, but I also wish they would have spread it out over two episodes because it feels like almost all of the information we got over the last five happened all in like this, the same amount of time within this one episode, which is sad to think because they could have let it breathe a little bit. But there was also so much just so many different characters were jumping around point to point, so much cool combat, so much cool magic, just at a surface level, just face value. The production was phenomenal. There were some gripes with the writing, and I'll talk about that after Kyle gives his opinion. But yeah, I thought that, I don't know if I'm ready to say it was the best episode of the series, but this was the episode that was the most anticipated for me, and it lived up to the to the hype for like 99 percent of the things. Minus Kahir, hate him. That's funny. I have been like really, really enjoying Kahir's character, but I didn't totally enjoy where he went in this episode. Obviously, there's somewhat more to tell, and we'll talk more about it. Uh, I, I think this episode solidified Vilgefortz is my second favorite character for sure. I think there's no question in the world about it. He is awesome. I love him so much. That fight was great. Yeah, obviously the Rience moment was awesome. I, it was nice that we finally have gotten more mages and like a lot of mages at once. It felt like that was coming. We've kind of missed that a little bit in the show since I was at Sodden and uh, the season one finale. So it was nice that we're getting back to that because that was obviously one like when the first season came out, people were you know, up and down about like the timeline stuff, but I feel like everyone kind of agreed that the finale was like, it was like a visually like a great episode to watch and things like that. Besides, I guess the penis armor that they got away from. I miss it. That <laughs> That's yeah. my nail card, man. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was just kind of, it feels good now that like everything's open on the table. And now like we're kind of like, we're jump starting or we're moving forward from kind of all the events that happened here. I feel like the show at this point after this episode is in a good place for like intrigue and like, Oh my God, like I have no idea what's going to happen next. Pieces are set better in place, right? Like whereas as an yeah. audience member watching it, you kind of have an idea of sides. They made it very, very clear at the end. Yeah. Cause um, I mean, the people are like on different sides in different points of this episode, but the end of the episode, they kind of almost give us like a matchup scenes where it's like, okay, people are here, 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 here. Cause there were people that were anti Vilgeforts, but then pro to say it. Then they switched to anti Nilfgaard. Yeah. Like there was jumping all yeah. around. I totally got that. But I think that you guys were doing a really good job. I just got done listening to the last podcast recently. You guys are doing a good job of really putting it in place and like 
talking about these character relationships with each other. But I want to bring this up now before we start diving through the episode. Um, Dave just mentioned earlier, like people hated this episode. People hate everything to do with this show for some reason. I mean, I get it. Like it really stepped away from the source material and that brings out all the haters a la Wheel of Time. But there is some good here. And I want to I want to emphasize that we're probably more positive than the general podcast on this show, which is shocking to me somehow. But um, so I wrote down six of the major gripes I found when I was kind of like scrolling through Reddit and Twitter. And I just want to know in general, we'll just quickly just say yes or no, if you guys agree or disagree with the main gripes that I was seeing from people. So first thing, simple, people absolutely hated the name of this episode. Agree or disagree? Agree. It's a mouthful. Yeah, it's a mouthful. Agree. Agree. It's, I mean, again, it's just I, like a, this, it goes on. I don't want to like labor on this point, but it goes along with like things I've been saying of like the level of like humor and like quirkiness mm-hmm. at points doesn't feel like it meshes well with what the story should be like, like the dark undertone. So mm-hmm. what, what me, like, I don't even understand what the title like he was referring to. I think it's a Mike Tyson quote, which yeah, makes it oh, like it's, super it's like meta. A real wor- yeah, it's a real world quote. Yeah. But like who who in the show has true. the plan and then gets punched in the face? Is it's it, it Redania? I guess it's Redania. That's the only like why yeah. is it not about like Geralt and like Yen and Siri? Like I don't know. Yeah, I agree that the title is very I mean, maybe Vilgefortz too, but I thought it's it was definitely Jeekstra. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I either just, way. Yeah, the more we t- I didn't like it, but the more we talk about it, I just hate it. So <laughs> I just wish it stuck with fantasy. Like, come on. All right. So that was the first one. Another common one I saw is we don't like to do this on Binge Town, but I feel like every once in a while it pops up. We have to address the elephant room. Frangilla's actress, not just the writing itself, like the performance as Frangilla. I don't know. She takes me out of it every time she's on screen. This yeah, episode definitely didn't do anything for me, especially how she's just back with Nilfgaard. Like, I don't really understand what her purpose of of leaving Nilfgaard to come fight and look for Siri? Yeah, I I would probably agree with that. Maybe not the actress herself. Maybe this is just the the cards that she was dealt with the, the writing. Script. Yeah, but yeah, I guess I can agree that maybe I would agree in the sense that Frangilla is not one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I hate Frangilla so <laughs> much. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. Okay, leave it at that. Um, that so it seems like we're in agreement with those two. This third one, um, we're all probably getting well. Kyle kind of just agreed with me in his summary of the episode. Kahir and his turn was like the most undeserved thing ever, and it was super shitty. And that's like for sure. Yeah, it's just so tough. They've done such an interesting job of making him like have this like internal turmoil about things. It just fell so flat on that hillside. It was just like, like, and he was like, you know, get out of here. I'll find you. And I was just like, ah, brother, come uh -uh. on. I think it was was... like that dollar store Jon Snow Battle of the Bastards like shot where it's like him like unsheathing the sword. And I was like, ah, there were six horses. Yeah, look how they massacred my boy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think for Kahir, it is a shame because I think in the books, at least in relative to where the books are, I feel like he has a little bit more time before he comes to these realizations. And in the show, the only real thing we've seen was, I mean, he killed... I don't know if it was his best friend, but he killed one of his good friends and who was the elf. And yes, I get that th- doing something like that would would create thoughts of, you know, going against Nilfgaard and Amir and all this stuff. But that was only one singular event. And then all of a sudden he's just like fully on like I'm going to save Siri. Like the buildup could have been a little bit better for him to be 
on our side more so rather than because I agree with you when I when it when he said all that stuff when he showed up to Syria at the end I just felt like I didn't even believe him and like I knew he was being serious and I just felt like as a viewer and a book reader like is he even being serious right now like it feels like he's just gonna like completely betray him I completely agree here's that just came out of left field that he just immediately went to Syria and was like I'll protect you with my life made no sense the, the process was started for him to make the change and I was excited for it, but like he was taking baby steps and all of a sudden he leaped to the end. And I yes. was like, yeah, there's yeah. there no time for that turnaround to happen. They tried yeah. to feed us, I guess, from is like, you know, it's time to think on your own or ask your own questions or whatever. And, and, and he says like, you know, I've started to question things, but I feel like we've never really like we're Seen saying it, there wasn't, really yeah, there wasn't enough of like the questioning aspect of things unless it was like too subtle and i'm an idiot and didn't no. catch it so much but, i yeah, it was like eh. since we're since you said that scene i previously didn't put it in my notes because i hated it and i wanted to skip it but since you brought it up i'll bring it yeah fringillis t- says to get here like oh like i'm free it's wonderful what you do when you start thinking for yourself and i was like yo wasn't that what you were doing season two like your whole thing was take like charge into your own hands when she froze everybody at the table and stabbed them one by one. Yeah. Like, yeah, she was, was doing it for Nilfgaard. Yeah, she was doing it for Nilfgaard, but she was doing that by herself. She made that decision because she wanted to elevate. And I, I was just like, dude, your character makes zero sense to me. And you just mm-hmm. like run to Francesca and you're like, fight, you need to fight. And like, why would she ever fucking listen to you in the first place? So I just hate her character beyond <laughs> redemption. I hate her since season one. Nilfgaardians suck, but... Yeah, that's that's kind of all the conversation I wanted out of the Kier part. I have two more here. Should be quicker. Um, did you guys notice any jetpacking around in this uh, episode, like Geralt yeah. and stuff, and Yen and all of them? Was that too it's much? like they'd be looking at our they'd be looking at R two so like miles away, and then like the next cutscenes like Siri like running up to the front door, and it's like ah, come on. <laughs> so I don't think it was a valid complaint. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was a complaint for me. Honestly, I would say it's, it was just something I noticed. It's only tough because every scene that wasn't like the life or death battle was like something that needed time to develop. They needed to take time to get places. And then we would go back to the life or death battle and it felt like that shit would have been over. Yeah, Yeah. it was kind of that's kind of that's it's I think it's hard within the structure of the episode for them to have have had people in such different places, even though they're technically around Artuza. Like what was happening in Artuza was so like breakneck happening like second second bang 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 that it, it kind of did feel that way yeah yeah so i would, I would probably out, disagree with that out. the argument but like again witcher's always been bad at this so it's just something that i've just <laughs> yeah. kind of just been adapted to and i didn't really care <laughs> too much this episode you put mm-hmm. it that way with the witcher sucks so it's good for the witcher right <laughs> <laughs> that's how i've been watching everything after season one though which is why i think i've liked it more than most people is because i went in with my expectations lower and i feel like they've been doing like i've liked season two and three better than one which is a hot take i guess but like i that's that's the reason why i'm able to enjoy this and i think that's why we kind of can like vibe about it but last one i'll add and then we can just move on to the actual episode um vilga forts is lame and that last fight sucked and i was just like get out of here i can't even i just what? had to exit the app i had to exit the app oh, that people don't yeah. like vilga forts wow vilga forts was incredible yeah i yeah, think I his actors inc- completely yeah, I think his actor's incredible one, and I also would agree with Kyle that I think Vilgefortz is after this episode just easily skyrocketed into my top like at minimum four of favorite characters like overall in the show. It's just he's incredible. I think he's been amazing. Yeah, dude, he might be like a fucking 
top 20 TV show characters <laughs> yeah, like, after this shit. <laughs> Let's slow down a, a little bit. <laughs> he had yeah, a great episode. That's wild. I, he, he shined did. so much. But um, I agree with the aspect that we are more positive, it seems, than the general population, which is uh, interesting because I feel like we trash talk quite a bit. But I just want to get that all out there because everything else is going to be positive from here on out, baby. Let's go. Yeah, honestly, I mean, there was a few, a few small things that were direct changes, you know, from the source material that bothered me a little bit because they kind of destroyed a character in the future. But we'll get to that when we get to that. But for the most part, yeah, this episode was fucking incredible. I loved it. Um, if you guys are ready to jump in, we start right where we ended episode five with a knife at Geralt's throat. Dijkstra's telling him of the Redania takeover. We see all the soldiers in red dragging all the mages. And Geralt's, you know, he surrenders for the time being and goes along with Dijkstra as his prisoner for now, as he slowly learned what's happening. Um, Yen, in the room that he just came out of, goes out, gets Geralt's sword, goes to hide when she sees that there's even mages like Sabrina leading these captives. Quick question. Did I miss why he left his sword on the table? Was that like as a sign to Yen that he was like going mm -hmm. somewhere? I was confused. Why did he, he leave yield it? There? He just yielded it. He said, I'll yield to Chicks. Oh, okay. Yeah, he said, I surrender. But I also agree with you, Dave. He probably left it there on the table to show Yen that, you know, something's going on. Um, so, yeah, she grabs it and escapes. Gerald had a cool line that was like, you know, attacking the mages in their home during the conclave, like that suicide. And to show right here like yen just hiding in the tunnel with the walls like separating and moving apart it's like yeah how are you gonna chase them in their own home i mean i guess they did a pretty good job of it <laughs> but uh anyway they did lydia catches up to her they have a little fight she honestly gets there but tris comes to save her we're gonna do a few mini character buckets so it's gonna go mostly in chronological order but we're gonna group some scenes together so after the Lydia scene, we got Siri waking up and she takes off running. And then we also have Yaskier and Radovid there wrap up. Yaskier was saying, you know, you betrayed me. You, you the part where you feigned my affection or the part where you were going to steer the girl that I was uh, protecting. You know, you could take your pick. You, you betrayed me two ways. So there was a lot of going on in that short scene as well. And this is the only part we get of Yaskier and Radovid. So mm -hmm. um, any of thing in those few little buckets that you guys want to talk about. Kyle, is that not exactly what you wanted out of the Radovid Yasker relationship? Because I felt like you were saying you wanted him to be working still with Redania, but be like still actually genuinely smitten by Yasker and fighting those internal feelings. So I, I feel like that's I think it was you that said that that's what you kind of wanted and that's what it seemed to turn into, right? Yeah, I just think the actual way it materialized like he just kind of like he just like kind of whimpers and runs away. And I was yeah. kind of like, ah, damn it. Okay. I mean, it's just goes to show. I feel like I've also kind of made the point that he is uh, maybe like not as, as big almost as they've tried to kind of show us. Like he's clearly no match for Dijkstra at all. You know, they tried to like play him as like this mysterious princeling, but that was kind of part of the mask that, uh, Yasker has the great line where it's like, I thought I saw through your mask, but it turned out there's literally nothing behind it. Like you're just, you have no substance to you. Essentially, you're just who you are. So yeah, I, I liked the concept of it. I guess the way it materialized wasn't like amazing for me personally, but well, there's still more to come though. I mean, again, it, like you said earlier, it felt like this could have been the finale, but we still have two more episodes left. So 
One thing I want to touch on really quickly is that, I guess, Lydia showdown with Yen. Just it's good seeing it's really cool seeing Lydia in action here because I feel like in the books, we never really saw her magical capabilities and like that little monologue that she had about how like Vil- Vilgefortz has given her more power than even Yennefer could even possibly imagine. And I like that she gets the upper hand for a second on Yen because, mm-hmm. you know, just having one person on Vilgefortz's team being Vilgefortz is like the only capable person would have felt a little lame. So it's cool seeing that even his right hand person is also very capable mage and, you know, has been through a lot of training and stuff like that. So just wanted to give Lydia her shout out here. Mm-hmm. Lydia yeah, is super, clapped. super interesting. <laughs> yeah, she gets clapped, but that's she gets thrown off guard, though. Yeah, so, she's all she's all tied up trying to say like Siri will submit to Vilgefortz's will, and Yen just like snaps her neck real quick. D- is she dead? Yeah. Okay, that was also that was something I forgot too. Is I don't know if she's actually dead. Like, do we take it as she's dead? So I initially took it as she's dead, but I was also thinking with Vilgefortz's power, she is Vilgefortz's servant, maybe she goes and somehow saves her or at least can like put her back together a little bit. So not only doesn't she have a messed up face, she's like paralyzed as well or something. I, I don't know. I think since they killed Rience, I think Lydia needs to be around as another face that's like on the bad guy's side. And she actually seemed is very competent. And I really like that scene. I will also say shout out to Tris because she always is saving the day. I feel like in some way or, yeah. or another, and she just came in so clutch there. She's like, she's up there for one of my favorite witches. My question is, how, why did why was Trish down there? Was she like following Lydia? <laughs> like I figured Lydia was following you and keeping eyes on her or something well, like that. Didn't but... she say she had a comment? She made a comment. She mentions like... that like she figured that Estrid and other people would have made their way down to like where they are. She assumes kind of like a like a fire drill, basically. Yeah, I feel like that was a spot that like they maybe knew growing up together, like when they were younger, Istrid, Yen, all of them, and that was like they're away from Artuza, and maybe like she assumed that they were going to meet. But yeah, Yeah. is it not like the same place that they went to before the ball and the Elven tunnels? Um, Didn't really look. Maybe it was. Yeah, and it it looked more like. yeah, swamps and vines, then elven bones fair. on the walls, and but um, it it could be the same place. And the only reason I I thought like you know the mages that turns the Redania side, they probably would have known about it too if that was the evacuation plan. So I don't know, but yeah, their hands full. It doesn't. Yeah, it, there's so much other shit going on. Anyway, next group of scenes we got going on here, we got Geralt being escorted into the room with all the prisoners, all the mages bound in Demeridium, and Geralt's like, all right, so if all these people are here to bear witness, is this a trial? And she goes, no. Or Philippa, that is, goes, this is a purge. So she's trying to purge everybody out that is on the side of Vilgefortz and, and his cronies, as she put it. Um, I feel like that would have so, been a way better title than what we got. I, literally, <laughs> I looked up Witcher Season 3, Episode 6, and it, I guess it was the title of an article, and that's what it said. So that's what I thought the episode name was, because I was trying to figure out a way to watch it by not using Netflix. And then I figured out a way to do so. And then when it said that that was the episode name, the actual one, I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just weird. feel like that was, it fits way better than a Mike, T- whatever. Who, who was the quote? Mike Tyson. I think it was Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Yeah. yeah. So we get to say a walking in unbound, like an absolute boss. Philippa says, you know, I put a binding spell over your little kingdom, so there's no using magic. And to say, I was like, oh, yeah, I can feel it. The Book of the Waning Sun. I wrote that. Like, you literally, <laughs> child, get out of my face. 
Uh, Deekster reveals that Redania has linked portals from Eratusa to Nilfgaard, uh, linking Vilgaforts uh, along with those portals. Um, we also get Geralt's, you know, voice in here saying, you know, he kind of believes the accusations going against Vilgaforts. Even Vilgaforts admitted it last night. But in the end, he doesn't really give a shit about their politics and points out that there are enemy ships approaching in an unnatural fog. I don't understand why he wasn't or he didn't care. It seemed like he literally ran out of his room with his sword right before this to go confront Vilgefortz. And then now Vilgefortz is essentially on trial in handcuffs. And he's like, I don't care about the politics. <laughs> was he just like, OK, with the fact that he, he was captured right there? Like he felt like he could have easily lend his reasonings and explained everything that we found out. And they all would have been like, oh, shit. OK, I get it. Unless it's I, too easy for episode six. It just felt weird that he was so like laissez faire. Neutral. He didn't. Yeah, just like blase blase. He literally ran out of the room with his sword to pretty much go kill Vilgefortz. And then here he is. And everyone's like, Vilgefortz did all this stuff. He's like, oh, I don't really care. In his defense, he did kind of go into it a little bit. He was saying, you know, you basically outed yourself last night. Um, and to say it even goes, you know, okay. Last night, last night you were blaming Stregobor and like getting us all to side with you, and now you're doing it with Vilgefortz. Like, who's going to be next? And Vilgefortz makes a joke like, "Oh, like the powers of the continent is at fault." Like next, so he did kind of try to convince him a little bit, but after that, he was like, "You know what? I don't this. I don't give a shit about this. This is a bigger threat. Look at that natural, unnatural fog coming in." And what's his name? Dijkstra looks out the window. He's like, holy shit, I got to give Applegat a great boon for this, man. This is crazy. <laughs> so, Kyle, you really wanted to see the repercussions of that messenger's message not getting um, where it needed to be and those reinforcements not being there. Dijkstra literally thought these were his reinforcements and they were oh, way boy. bigger than he ever could have you know, imagined. And Vilgefortz, knowing this, leans into it, even though Vilgefortz knows it's the Scoia'tael. He is like, oh, my God, it's Redanian ships here to go. And he leans into it, which makes Dijkstra lean into it more. And, you know, before you know it, you see them and it's they're not wearing red. So, oh, that's actually I didn't even connect all of that. But that because I was binging everything before. But that's great. And I remember your conversation on the last podcast of like the impact of the of the the note not getting away. That's actually really good. I like that. Yeah. So Apple got very uh, short screen time, but ended up didn't didn't have a really good part. Uh, what else we got? We got Tseya breaking the binding spell because they hit Vilgoforce one too many times, not in front of her bay, dude. Not don't hit her bay in front of her. Um, Tseya was doing all types of things yeah. to me this episode. She was so great. <laughs> once <laughs> those yeah. cuffs, once those cuffs start popping, Sabrina's I mean, like, oh fuck. I mean, and, obviously it was a mistake to let Vilgoforce go, but she didn't know that at the time. And she's love drunk. Yeah, oh, she's love drunk, but it was so cool. Yeah, she pops them all off, and this shit's about to go down. Dude, how oh. about Vogelforch's line, man? Just pops off, and he goes, death to Redania. Yeah. And then he just kills the guy that was punching him. That was sweet. Yep. They're so cool when they're cool, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, God. Sabrina Sabrina does it for me for some reason. She's just a bad bitch. You're Who absolutely right, Kyle. We needed some more magic in our lives. Like after yeah. Sodden Hill, like it was just so cool seeing like all these like spells being cast. It was great. Who is the other woman? The uh, the Redania intelligence woman whose name I can't remember right now. Kira Metz. <laughs> yeah, I thought. I mean, Vogelfort's just walking towards her, and I I definitely thought something was bad was going to happen to her. I'm shocked they kind of 
pretty much let her off the hook completely, it felt like. Oh, I'm sorry. You're talking about Philippa and Deistra? Yes, Philippa. I mean, he obviously had bigger fish to fry. He didn't give a fuck about what was going on in the room, but I just thought it was interesting that she kind of feels like got a lot. But I mean, to say it follows him out because she's like, oh, where we going, bae? And then, you know, Mm -hmm. things begin to happen. He goes, yeah, I'm done here and just leaves (laughs) because he's got other shit to do. Um, And I was thinking the same thing. Even Emily was yelling like, you know, I didn't to say I kill Philippa, but, you know, they are old friends. They do have a history. Yeah, they kind of betrayed and ransacked her home. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, just I, I want to say go, one thing about Philippa. Philippa, she's awesome. I think she's been awesome up until this point. I think she did a horrible job trying to convince to say of Vilgefort's guilt, which is a huge issue with this whole scene. But that's my like only minor complaint. And that's because I was putting more and more weight on Philippa as the episodes were going on because you guys were gushing over a little bit she is she is cool but she failed this episode pretty hard and it would have again lent itself better if this was a whole if this whole episode was spread into two episodes where Vilgaforce really looked like he was going down in the first part there wasn't enough time to let that breathe because like i didn't even feel the threat in this room especially when to say i walked in without her bracelet or without like shackles on so mm-hmm. but that was my only complaint other than that again always badass when the mages are actually using their magic yeah, so all the mages are using all their magic available. It's pretty crazy. Shit's popping off. I don't know what Dijkstra's thoughts are, but he looks to Geralt and goes, oh, no rush, Geralt, I can assure you if you're looking for the girl, you're too late, and walks out. Like He snaps to his guys like they're going to save him, and Geralt catches up literally four seconds <laughs> later. I don't get it. And he ca- and he's like, you know, Dijkstra, and Dijkstra's like sighs and turns around. He's like, oh, Geralt. I wasn't expecting you here. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Uh, I love Deistra. <laughs> he's such a, fu- a fucking oh. smacked ass, but I do absolutely I adore this scene because this is right from the books. Deistra idiot tries to make a move. Geralt slaps him in his place. Oh, you can't blame an old man for trying. Snaps his wrist and right as he's about to walk out, just stomps on his ankle so he can't mm-hmm. run. Oh, it was great. Something so about Geralt breaking hands just makes me laugh. <laughs> I just <laughs> like rather than being like yeah. wincing in pain, I'm just like cracking up because it's just like, gets re-ends and just yeah, like it's the re-ends, yeah. With the wrist. It's uh, too easy for it's literally just too easy for Geralt. That's spaghetti. why it's so funny. It's literally yeah, it's, spaghetti to him. Yeah, it's literally. So, like I said, it's all out war in that room at this point. Um Vilgefort's left and Tasea goes to follow. And she finds him opening the portal for the elves. And this was the part that I was honestly really looking forward to Vilgefort's reveal to Tesea and whether or not whether or not he actually had feelings for her. So, Kyle, since you were the one definitely talking about this a lot, too, <laughs> how did you take this scene? Uh I actually enjoy, I know I, I believe I was saying that like it would have been interesting if he actually had feelings for her and just like that conflict of just adds depth to it but i the way it happened i actually did like where it was basically like you were nothing to me ever like you with your undying trust were easy to fool i was like oh this is a horrific breakup i feel bad for her right now i think <laughs> so, he had a line where he was like your usefulness has run its point or something yeah. like that too i was like oh my boy city boys we up maybe <laughs> <laughs> better than him dragging her along more though like cut it yeah. off now and then have her be bad in the future oh my god but hell hath no fury like a woman scur and she gets after it after this <laughs> oh yeah god. you fucking break Forget a woman's that. heart she'll bring alzir's thunder down on you <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, Vilgefortz lets in all of the elves. They look pretty armed up and ready to go. Vilgefortz has a line, you know, as he's leaving, oh, poor to say, such a failure of judgment. Just one like middle finger to you as he's walking out of the room. Um, and all of the mages come in for backup. So cool. It's such a pretty cool standoff, honestly. I was getting real excited. And I thought we were going to be good with this magical barrier. I'm not going to lie. I thought we were going to be safe. And the first round of arrows just take out way, way too many people for the first mm-hmm. volley. Honestly, probably should have taken out more with the, the they were so Yeah, they were so defenseless. I mean, they were literally just standing there. Yeah, you're basically yeah. just standing there just asking to be shot. But they didn't know that, obviously. That chivalry that secret. Too? Your wet yeah. dream of this as an archer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, thinking was, of the you gotta, fucking, you gotta flying and just chase those bitches down. <laughs> Had we been introduced to that material before in this show? I can't remember. I mean, we must yeah, have we been. Have. I just don't remember specifically when. Rience was in a Demeridium cage, I'm pretty sure, when they went to go get him when he was like snapping. Okay. And yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Okay. Rangilla because... in the Nilfgaard. Yes. She couldn't use magic when she was a, when she was in the dungeons. Yeah, yeah in right. part one of season three. Yeah, they mm-hmm. did yeah, bring absolutely. up that term. Because I didn't really even like the stone from what they, they yeah. fired. That's literally what I was going to say. But like they fired the arrows and they showed the angles of the tips. And I was like, oh, OK, that means something. And then they just go right through the, the magic. Yeah. And I was like, yep, OK, that definitely meant mm. something. <laughs> yeah, they like made it green for some reason. Just yeah, so I was you like, knew okay, the tips are interesting. Oh, yeah, those definitely did some work. <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. we need a little help. Yeah. So like the new threat was the archers. It was like deflect and disarm or something like that. Which was the, still did not work at all for some no, of those they archers. Were, they were getting fucked up. So this was wild too. Um Kahir fighting the two battle mages. I thought it was cool looking, cool idea. But as soon as they put those swords together and was fighting at one, holding the sword, I was like, you just inhibited every type of advantage you had. <laughs> Literally made zeros. I, my eyes almost rolled back into the fucking back of my skull. I was like, why the fuck would they ever do it, it that? It looked cool, but was just so it, stupid. They did one <laughs> lunge together and then they were like, all right, that's all we can show because Kahir's going to fuck them up like way too bad. Like they're both just holding this, like their hands are right next to each other. Like I just, I thought that was so weird. It was so funny. (laughs) We also got a big girl to say a move. She's going to kill Francesco with a Rasengan, but who jumps in the way? But Phil Vandral just explodes into a million pieces all over her. I was shocked by that. I was shocked by that. I was shocked, definitely. Yeah. Because it was awesome though it was really that was in 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 a vacuum that was an awesome moment of just how she looked with all the blood over her and i don't know how like she reacts in the best way because she goes nuclear right and she kind of like explodes and starts killing people but my girl francesca what is wrong with her in the sense where every time she goes into a crazy battle and she loses somebody like her brother back in episode one and then yeah. Phil Evangel here, she acts like it was the biggest shock in the entire world. Like they were just going to walk through this whole thing and just, I don't know, the way she reacts is is sometimes a little bit like, come on, like, well, you didn't think you guys were going to take casualties at all, but yeah, I still love the moment. Are you going to stand in front of Tessaia seven feet away, perfectly still, and like not expect <laughs> something to come other. your way? Like, it was yeah. funny that like 
a lot of them were using the mages. This is they were just kind of pushing them, like using whatever kind of black. And then to say it just absolutely blows this dude up into a million pieces. And I just remember thinking, why aren't we all doing that? Like, <laughs> well, you could see. I was actually going to bring up too. You can see that she does. Yeah, act like it does drain. Like come like, out. Yeah. Someone someone yeah. comes up to her and says like to say your chaos or whatever. Yeah. I so think that's clearly Rita. it was like a yeah, it seemed like it was kind of a one time thing. So at least they put that in there because I was like, whoa, okay. She's obviously <laughs> yeah. ready to just lose, like she's ready to just throw all of her powers, her life away yeah. at this point to just kill anybody after what Vilgefortz had done to her. So Francesca is in shock, like Luke was saying, just not paying attention to everything. So Artorius goes in for the kill. And out of nowhere, the worst character in the world comes in, Frangilla, to just kill her uncle. Doesn't really give an explanation for it. She just says, goodbye, uncle. I guess she's just fighting for Nilfgaard now. And uh, goes at a Francesca and is like, believe you have to fight for your people. I don't don't know. I just hate it. I thought that was going to be like an interesting piece of dialogue that we got out of Frangilla, but we got nothing out of that. In fact, it actually made her worse somehow. (laughs) <laughs> what was the last it was the ships right it was the last yeah. thing you saw that i was like oh the boats i get it now and paul was like yo you'll find out and i was like okay this is cool and then i remember thinking like wait why why yeah, is she i'm still lost that? on why she's no. there and looking for siri i don't get it she she fucking shouldn't be here let's yeah, just say she, just, she, she really just shouldn't, shouldn't be here just yeah. quick little um, liver shot to her uncle <laughs> yeah <laughs> like she um, escapes Nilfgaard parties for a few weeks and then comes back and is like, hey, I want to fight with you guys again. Like, so sh- shouldn't weird. you be in our dungeon? Like, I'm, I'm confused. Artorias yeah. looked sick with his red glowing oh, like, yeah. wooden yeah, staff, staff when he yeah. steps up and it starts glowing. And I was like, oh, yes, finally, the guy with the cool name is going to do something. And then he just fucking gets just yeah. flick goes right into his gut. And I was like, God damn it. You know, everybody else is like getting blown back. Everybody else is like getting blown up and this guy gets a little knife into his yeah. into his side and that's it for him but uh how about fucking gerhardt the old guy having a heart attack We're like, that, was, well, that was good you got other shit to worry about right now they like <laughs> i think you could you could probably make the argument i'm sure some people did that like no point in actually doing that at all like it just He's, took up whatever like time it took up in the in the episode but i personally enjoyed it that's what we're asking for more right yeah, yeah, I mean, it, we could <laughs> throw in a little realism for us. Yeah. So sure after Tris has got a big heart. <laughs> after Frangilla's pep talk, Francesca locks all the doors and brings down that flaming halo, which pretty much takes out both the enemy and her own people. It looks like. I thought the best Frangilla's acting has been was when she was holding Francesca and putting up the shield and like moaning in pain because that's how hard it was to hold up the shield i was like that's pretty good acting but that's uh mm-hmm. that's about all the compliments i have for her <laughs> and we go back to siri and she is out running to meet up with yen you know she says oh we never leave you <laughs> never you know that yen is saying this to siri but yen's about to leave her in about <laughs> seven minutes so don't even <laughs> fucking get me started um, we need to get as far away from this island as fast as possible. Let's go on that ferry. Um, so, yeah, they're ready to ditch Geralt because De- Geralt will, you know, always find them. And you know what? As long as Yen is taking Siri away to be safe, you know, that's fine. Made sense um, to me because absolutely, you're damn right. Fucking Geralt will find them no matter what. They can't teleport because Torlara, the tower, is fucking with 
uh, portals in general. Um, I was wondering that this whole time. I'm like, why the hell are you going to the ferry? But we, they actually do get a line from Philippa later on. So Rianz comes in, Siri immediately, firefucker, brings the sword, cartwheels in, is ready to fucking go, takes his fingers off. Incredible. This fucking guy in his hands. Take better goddamn care of your hands. You're a mage. <laughs> but he pulls up the ring of fire. Yen is like, you know what? Fine. I'm going to put this sword down. I'm a mage. Uh, I don't know how to use a sword, but I'm going to put it down and back away and <laughs> shoots it right past him. Geralt reaches out. It was a really cool pirouette and slash. It was wonderful. Dude. Dude, this moment, I watched it three times. I just clicked back like 15 seconds. I just watched it three times in a row, nonstop. I thought it was fucking awesome. And I have two things to say about this. The first is I was freaking out over Francesca's moment, thinking like it was awesome when she brought the ring down. And I like had chills. I remember freaking out. And this is the direct thing that happens after it. And I still had chills. And I somehow got bigger chills because this <laughs> moment was so freaking cool for me. But question for you guys. Imagine we lived in a world where part two was the beginning of season four. And this is like, you know, you see, you see Yen throw the sword over and then you see Liam Hemsworth catch that sword and cut Rianz in half. <laughs> How would you feel? It would be a badass intro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's so much that goes into that because then Geralt doesn't get to fight. Like Henry Cavill doesn't get to fight. Vilgefortz later on this episode but um yeah i don't know if they were just gonna willy-nilly throw in a new replacement it'd be a pretty cool way to do it that would be a cool intro way to do it if it was still like it was still season three and it was liam hemsworth this time like didn't come back for part two (laughs) (laughs) harry cattle didn't come back we joked about that in the one of the last episodes laughing about it but this i mean I cannot imagine doing it for this scene that would have been fucking (laughs) hilarious yeah. You're like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> Smooches it real quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I liked I liked it. I was a little upset because, you know, Rance does go a little bit farther. And, you know, he could he really was kind of that, you know, secondary big bad at and he did grow. But you know what? Cool fucking death. If he's if you're gonna kill him, that was a pretty cool way to do it. Well, I was under the impression that him and Lydia both died. I mean I think they did. I think yeah, they yeah. did, to be honest, too. Which, I that, but I also like I, I, for some reason, I guess because there's like magic. I, in the moment they cut his head off, I still, for some reason, like a spell. Like any, you could just put it under the category of a spell, and like you know, Rianz is once again alive. You know, so I, now, I Lydia know. might be, but I think Rianz no shot. Yeah, I just remember like I, think both initial, I just remember thinking like after the come down of like, damn, they really just. Like both got kind of snapped out of existence almost, but I, I'm assuming I, another angle is that that's probably the point. I mean, they were literally just puppets. Yeah, and I mean, even though they sur- autonomy, and even though they survive longer in the books, they're the 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 goal is always going to be the same. Like it's not they're rushing putting their deaths here versus later doesn't change anything. I don't think at the end of the day. Yeah, I was just shocked, which I guess is part of the yeah. reason I thought it was awesome. Because oh, I didn't yeah. expect it at all. He, he got a cool exactly. death, honestly, which is always nice as a villain. You want to go out that yeah. way. All the Slow deaths. Motion, sword throw, catch. Fucking loved yeah. it. So oh, memorable much. for sure. I'll literally remember yeah. his face now. I didn't expect any of the deaths, honestly. Like Phil Evangel, I mean, he wasn't really anything in the books, but like I didn't really expect him to die. We're going to jump back to Istrid getting some screen time. Oh, no, he's catching bodies. Yeah, with Marty. Um, they meet up with Triss. And they go to try to save to say it and all the mages. As soon as they get in the door, they're like, save Gerhardt. He's having a heart attack. 
and Tasea is just sitting there losing her mind. Like she's just not saying anything. She's completely quiet. Oh, it's too late. Um, Kira Metz and Sabrina are now good. They're back. They said, oh, we were only here to take down Vilgefort. You know, this is our home too. Let us fight. So they're in there now. Um, and Tasea Tasea slowly starts walking up the steps. Is gets to the top and she is ready to unleash Alzer's thunder. I guess um, like the other mages didn't realize that it was Vilgefortz who had done this. Like Tasea, I guess, is the only one that knows. Because it felt like like they called them traitors, but at this point, in my head, they knew that Vilgefortz had let Nilfgaard in. So why did they? I just thought it was funny. But what do you talk well, about, Kira Metz and Sabrina? Yeah, like it, I feel like it was very obvious for them to just be like, hey, we were clearly anti Vilgefortz. Like we're not anti mages. So isn't the oh, idea yeah. that it's basically Redania was correct and it's Redania versus everybody else? So the people in cuffs were technically traitors because they were working with whoever's coming through the door, fucking everybody up now, I think. Is that well, the they idea? Were, they were either traitors or like they had yet to be determined whether they were or not. Like Artorias obviously wasn't working with Vilgefortz, mm. but Redania didn't know that for sure, so they had to cuff him. Right. Carol yeah. had a line about that earlier. He was like, okay, so if you're after Vilgefortz and his cronies, then why are all the other mages cuffed up in Demeridium? And Dijkstra says, for our own protection, you know, we, we want to be heard and we want to present all of our evidence before, you know, you guys can do anything. Um, so that's why Vilgefortz was trying to amp to say up to unlock the like spell and everything like that so they can use their magic before Dijkstra put all this evidence out there. It was also interesting that they used the armbands thing, but there's a... Yeah, a little, quite uh, a negative yeah. historical parallel to yeah. the armbands, yeah. yep. even though we are, I guess we're saying we, but like they were technically on the good side, like the right side being anti Vilgefortz in this sense. I guess mm -hmm. from our perspective, it's the right side. We don't yeah, actually I don't know, know for sure. I just thought yeah. that was a very interesting choice that like, I mean, it obviously wasn't subtle whatsoever. So no. yeah. just use leg band, you know, just leg band. It's a little bit different. <laughs> something just something. Else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone wears a headband or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Funny. Uh, but yeah, so Tris takes an arrow real quick. Just thought that was fucking hysterical. Doesn't move out of the way of the doorway at all either. That bitch just... the fuck off. That he's just <laughs> treating her in the open doorway. I was like, brother, drag her out of the only opening. <laughs> it was so funny. He's got lost can we in get her a, eyes. Can we get a pulse check on Istrid of everybody's? Because I'm, I'm pretty high on him now. Oh, I'm like definitely. I like Istrid. Definitely. Okay. Yep. No, totally. I like his storyline too. I like his like kind of goals, aims, mm. his like I love niche, that like the knowledge and things. He's the like historian the, uh, mage is really cool. You know, he's like the Princess Vivian of the group. Like he's not one of the straw hats, but like oh, okay. he's one. He's one. He might as well be there. And I'm pretty sure he was only in it for like a one-off fight scene for Yennefer's love, and then that was it in the books. Yeah. And then he's never seen it. Oh yeah, he's Gar not, kicks the shit out of him. And then he he's is just untouched. Cool. Yeah, this is why I love his. This is probably why I like his character so much, is because this is more than I ever could have expected of his character. Nice. Yeah, it's kind of annoying because his character directly like goes hand in hand with the monoliths and stellasite, which I hate. But <laughs> you know, I like what he they've done with him beyond that. But that's um, the reason they need to keep him around, though, is because yeah, I, feel like I, don't, I feel like I don't mind that. Um, how about that one fucking mage who gets her five seconds of screen time and then sets the world record for most arrows in her chest at once? Just, 
Was that not? <laughs> was that not? It looked like Kira Metz, I guess. No, it was not like, no, it, wasn't. No, it, wasn't. it looked like one it of the two mages that walked in, but I guess she looked, yeah. she looked blonde like Sabrina, but it wasn't Sabrina. I, I literally paused it and looked at Emily and go, where the hell was that grouping of shots earlier? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> yes. Thank you. I was just going to say that. Like, how are they just wizards? Like, how are, how are people still alive at this point? If we're, <laughs> yeah. if we're able to put 15 at once at one person. <laughs> I, I think someone just, is just playing D and D, and someone rolled a nat twenty just, right just there and just yeah. fucking ripped it. Yeah, or something like that. that's literally how they're deciding it in the writers' room. They're just rolling every arrow, shit. just ricocheted off the ceiling and just go to her. And it's like the, the the med check for um for save and trist. They like roll the one, so you got to sit by the doorway and just just in case. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's up. it's like I said. Uh, I think it's just tough because of balancing what's going on outside like needed to take time so then the battle inside needed to things to need to keep happening in it and i think some of it when you have to extend so much like that you have to throw in some scenes like that mm. well we get to this scene where yen senses to say a spell and knows it's a spell of last resort um so siri tells Matt, yen siri to- knows it's the spell of last resort actually isn't she the one that says oh wow yeah, well I think good she, for was her. The- she actually yeah. picks that up Good uh, for her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so mad, magic, at this but scene. good for her. <laughs> I hate, I hate this scene. So, like, she says, you know, we didn't, or Geralt says, we didn't come this far just to abandon each other. And Yen looks at him and goes, "So don't abandon me." And yeah, like, I was like, "Dude, right. just, um, destiny brought us together. Never lost, always found." I love you, my daughter. So that's a great line. I love you, my daughter. You know, that is Yen admitting it for the first time you know she feels like she really is her daughter um saying it to her but no why the fuck are you abandoning her if you don't really need to like you get separated if you're fighting yeah i get it you know kind of what Geralt does you go on i'll protect him i do not go get going back or to say this was just a case of they needed yen to go back for the plot and they didn't know how to do it so they just used this because yeah i hated it I agree. Yeah. It was weird. I, it just it sucks, and I feel like being a Debbie Downer, but it just it it felt like it should have felt like way heavier and like more emotional. But I just and no disrespect to the actresses, I just thought like the "I love you, daughter" line for me personally felt like quite flat for the moment. I would I no. honestly think if I had read the books, it wouldn't it would have felt better to me. It, yeah, I know the future. So yes, it does. Feel, <laughs> I guess that's why I felt a little bit better of like this specific moment. Yeah, yeah. I personally didn't mind it. I think again, I think with Kyle, Kyle's right. I think it's just maybe our book knowledge and how we've seen the fully developed relationship and how we're already past. Like yeah, it's, it didn't lay too flat for me, but I can see why it did. It did feel the whole scene. I think just felt a little just weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. just so mad at her because what if Yen? was there like priority is siri get siri to safety siri's not safe yet she's just with Geralt. doesn't mean she's always say imagine yen is there when Geralt has to fight oh vilgefort that would have been or, so cool yeah, like just her so, like shooting him like fucking let's go yeah, yeah. it would have been great oh, if she was like powering his sword quicker and shit yeah it's just like so, the first episode they had a couple of cool moments like fighting together in the first like when francesca attacks them yeah oh yeah so more, more i don't know i just i hate this scene doesn't make sense to me i get that they just need to split them up but this is just not a good way to do it in my opinion 
expect you to say though she's just absolutely roasting everybody dude absolutely roasting everybody and her spell hits the you know tower of Thenny, torlara and now that's crackling with thunder uh, i'm sorry lightning the whole time um we get istrid going to grab the book in on uh to say his room and vilgefortz is there it's really cool he's just like ah i'll see you in a bit he just fucking chucks him in a portal was sick, not yeah. done with you really that like that cool. I love Vilgefortz's so, portals, man. The black is, is just oh. any indication of where he was sent because this is the stuff where even like me, Paul, and Dave are in complete blind because, like I just got done saying, Istrid isn't part of the future plot in the books. So, like, I have no idea what he's going to do. But if he just becomes like a captive for Vilgefortz, I can see them going that route. But any Vilgefortz, guesses, I, I mean, he has he needs to have a new HQ because obviously Geralt and everyone knows that. Like, because Gerald explored whatever that random cave was where the bodies of girls were all sewn together. Like, that was, I feel like, his HQ. So now that yeah. that's been discovered, he needs a new place. And I mean, the only thing I can think of would be something like, I, I don't think this spoils anything, but I, I guess the only thing that I would be able to guess is something that's related to his childhood. Like, he's been referencing a lot about his background and that he was an orphan and all this stuff so i think there's got to be another place that he's tied to was when he was growing up and being raised to wield power like magic that's yeah. probably where he's got to go next that makes sense i it's just interesting i feel like he istrid we know is very knowledgeable and he's very interested in the monoliths it seems vilgefortz is as well in the sense that he they seem to have insinuated that they got the the book was sent to him when Istrid initially tries to find it, he, it seems like, are we on the page that he set up Stregobor by putting it in his vault? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he had the book at one point, so I don't think it's as much about the book as it is about Istrid and the book. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? Because he had, kind of already had the book himself, if he yeah, really wanted it. I agree. I think it's more interesting that he wants Istrid, obviously, as well, and he says, like, I'm not done yeah. with you yet. Yeah, totally. I think he's definitely thinking of ways that he can use him. Um, he regards- does want like his knowledge and like, when he's talking to Siri at the end of like how all the things that he knows and what he can do for her so yeah like I don't know he's if he's just- necessarily short on knowledge he might just need Estrid for something so cool man I love Vilgefortz back in Aratusa at least we got we've been in Aratusa this whole time what the fuck am I talking about <laughs> we got <laughs> Philippa saving Dijkstra you know after Artad comes in here and threatens him he has the line good thing you enjoy pain because yeah, she just picks him up put throws that arm around her and the one that's shattered and broken um and just drags him out of there i like that this, this is where they have that line you can't cast a portal until they get some distance from tor lara and the worst joke of all time of what's a spy master with none no. of the spies around and then dead. Get fucked up and your eyes clawed out just for that. Maybe be able to fight an owl, brother. You're a mage. And <laughs> yeah. you get he had a cool glass knife though that straight out yeah. of Mistborn. Yeah. That was yeah, cool. That's literally the yeah. exact thing I thought of. Yeah. The only cool thing about him. <laughs> Siri and Geralt are walking when Kahir shows up. You know, Siri's ready to fight. You know, I've dreamt of this moment. You know, I'm ready for it this time. And then all of a sudden, he hits her with the, I do not wish to fight you. Like, I used to just do everything without asking. Now I can't stop asking questions. And I can't give you the back to life I stole. So my life is yours now. Um, hey, Kahir. No. Sogma. 
Yeah, literally Ligma. <laughs> it was just like he says, I can't stop asking questions. And we literally saw him ask one singular question to Amir before he leaves. And that's it. And then we, <laughs> we get Fringilla brings up the question thing. Welcome. And I was like, yeah, brother. We saw him big, punch a mirror. Big phantom of Imagine Dragons, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so right. the squirrels show up and he's like, all right, I'll fight them off. Like, and I'll find you. Yeah, that line sucked. But uh, Geralt and Siri run off. When, and Kyle, you said this earlier, just dollar store battle of the bastards fucking s- screenshot. It's so funny. That's exactly it looks what I so, thought. Yeah, I, will, I will need to, to fucking get them both together. Maybe I'll tweet that out. And just, oh, that's a good tweet. That's it's just going to look so funny next to each other. Uh, so, the two main characters. <laughs> <laughs> This is the last stand between the Brotherhood remaining mages and the elves to say is kind of given up her Alzor's thunder. She's completely white hair by now. Um, Yen shows up and Francesca's like, you know, this is going to be the end of you. And they're about to go at it. And all you hear is go to hell, you fucking mongrels and who shows up but stragavor chalk one up for racism dude yeah i thought this was wild that this guy comes in tosses a slur and then saves the day i was like what the fuck oh my god i was cracking up i was like the racist coming to save the the race i just so crazy how they spun it into like a good thing yeah (laughs) i loved it you know it was a really good scene for him Oh, it was awesome because he's redeemed in their eyes as not the traitor. He's still an asshole because of the whole Renfrey thing. And remind me, Paul, am I right that he was only in the Renfrey story in the books and never came back again, right? Uh, I don't. I can't remember if he came back a lot. I really think he was like strictly around for Renfrey. Yeah, I don't remember. That's him why he was always expendable, Kyle, because he's not he, just like Istrid. He's not this far into the books. So That's like, I was odd. just kind of waiting around for him to get killed. And this was the best possible outcome for Stregor. It's just uh, a little bit of a side eye with the uh, with the armbands, and then this guy <laughs> saving the day with fire magic felt like what yeah. is the moral of this story? <laughs> he just like teleports next to Yen, and he's like, "Go, I'll buy you some time. I've been looking forward to this." And Yen doesn't say thank you. She's just kind of like, "Okay, I guess." I mean, it's mm-hmm. pretty useful right now, but so funny. And honestly, pretty badass at the same time. I don't know yeah. why, but it just, it works for me. Is he, is he going to be dead? Yeah, I was going to say, is yeah, he going to yeah, be dead after he's this? He's got to be. I mean, he went out pretty, yeah, like the fire magic's always sick whenever someone's using it, regardless of who is the caster. But of he went out. ideology. Yeah, regardless of that. So I know they, the show dropped a lot of the plot lines with that they ruined in season one that were stupid anyway, with like, you have to have a flower life next to you to, use magic and stuff like that but they did try and keep with the fire magic thing how it hurt yen or wasn't or what did yen do she used some end of right and it drained her yeah so it makes sense that stregobor isn't like rien so he can't use fire and just get away with it he has to be dead or else that's really bad writing yeah it'll be interesting or or like or just drained yeah crazy afterwards too like becomes somebody like rien i guess but um he, he that would be why Henry left the show if that's a thing. Holy shit. <laughs> uh so we get Siri and Geralt. They're trying to get to the boat to get away. Geralt feels his necklace tremble and he's like, Siri, go, you know. Never lost, always found. I'll find you. She just runs back <laughs> to the fucking tower. 
I love how it's literally she's like, no, I don't want to leave. And then next scene, she is just fucking running so Dude. fast. Back right. To her <laughs> so fucking dumb. Oh, like, I love it. I guess I, I mean, love this episode, but my I think God. it's just funny. I, based off the ending, it seems like maybe you could get after it in the sense of like the monolith. It was like almost calling to her. Yeah, that's how I'm going to head. Yeah. In. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what I they were definitely let out a chuckle that the next scene was her just fucking yeah. ripping it down the beach, just full yeah. arm pumping. I was like, okay, she's got a plan, I guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe she's like, oh, light tower, that'll save me. And then doesn't <laughs> know it's exactly where she was running from. But uh, I just absolutely love Vilgefortz here. He's so good. So we have an epilogue then, a denouement that draws the plot to a close. And I actually looked up the definition of that. And a denouement is a final part of the play or movie or a narrative in which the strands of the plot are drawn together and matters are explained or resolved. And I was like, Vilgefort, she got a fucking sexy vocabulary. I don't know. I just, I thought that was really, really good. He's just great. He just fucking uses a iron pole, which is fucking badass. I mean, it's magic, obviously, but I love when he just makes it. And I was like, I literally wrote down now, this is what I'm talking about. And I fucking love his. <laughs> that was like the first. Like they walk up, they have the lines, and I literally just wrote down, "This is what I'm fucking talking about." Dude, his power is so fucking sweet because I completely forgot about it because we do see it at the Sodden Hill battle. The fact that he can like just return his weapon to his hands constantly, and like he can change him. Like he doesn't have mm-hmm. to just like switch his transfer his weapon. Like it just does it automatically. It just led to this fight having so many fucking badass moments, and the fact that like. Oh, when he's just like, I've been, I mean, it's such a cliche line in this moment, but when he's just like, it's like, I finally can let out my whole ability. Like you have no idea what it feels like to just know that I could just kill anyone at this moment. I've just to hide that this whole time. And now I can finally let it all out. Like, oh, it was so badass. And the way he's explaining that while also piecing up Geralt is just, who's like the strongest mm. person we've seen is like one of the coolest things ever. I think Vilgefortz is solidified man he is just going to be such yep. a fucking beast i don't even care about amir anymore like vilgefortz is the guy in my mind that we have to I, fucking go after a hundred percent agree so <laughs> vilgefortz cementing himself as a great villain was my note right yeah. there but yeah the the sword play choreography as always is just on point with this show and this is like a unique weapon versus weapon matchup that we haven't seen really a lot like a st- metal staff versus sword and just like the turns that they were doing was like amazing like everything about it is amazing we need more fights and now when henry leaves like that's going to be the biggest thing i'm looking for from liam if we're being like objective about liam and not you know whatever Mm -hmm. he needs to be able to do that part right at the bare minimum because that's like the shining uh like the shining piece of like the whole witcher show is whoever and paul don't you know the guy's name that did wolfgang stigman does he do all of them or he did it for the first episode? Great. I was actually going to make a comment. I, I meant to look in the credits to see, but uh, I think he might have choreographed a few other scenes as well. And he probably did this one because it, looks, it was absolutely beautiful. It had the same vibe, like how they do the camera turns. I don't know what it is about it specifically besides like it's, I guess, realistic, like how the turns happen and it looks really fucking good and fluid. But dude, every time fights happen in the show and Henry's leading it, it's just amazing. And to know that Vilgefortz can do this as well is has good implications for the future because he's going to be hand to hand or fighting like this again. And now we already know that we don't even need Geralt there for it to be badass. I just love the fact he literally 
just uses an, a pole, just a metal pole. I fuck. He mm-hmm. does. It just materializes. He leans on. It, he goes. You like my staff? Yeah. <laughs> it's like fuck but, yeah. I like your staff, bro. Oh my god. Geralt like swings at him from behind. He just teleports the staff behind him and just oh, blocks it. So it's so, cool. so fucking cool. It's like, it's like it's, he's like a fucking metal bat from One Punch Man. He just walks around with a fucking baseball bat. Yeah. And this is just Bill <laughs> just walks around with a fucking iron rod and just any fucking the, kicks yeah. people's ass. When he's landing those blows on Geralt, like I. I can like I'm feeling like it's literally like an, a metal bat just like taken to his legs, yeah. just breaking them. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! He has the one. Geralt has the one sweet block where he like it's like in his right hand and it hangs down, and he has to use his left hand like pushed against yeah. the blade to like reinforce the block. Though that was sick. Did you think going into this fight, Kyle, that Geralt was going to win? Oh, it's so tough. I didn't. I didn't think we would get like a conclusion between the two of them because it was episode six. I've been waiting for this moment. I knew he was going to get his ass beat and we haven't really seen Geralt get his ass beat like this. And like he breaks his leg and shit, which is just, that was a good detail from the books that they couldn't have missed because it's whatever. But I was just happy to see this because I feel like it's awesome knowing that the main bad guy can go to toe to toe with Geralt like this. And it's just so great. Mm -hmm. Even when he shatters the sword and then Geralt even still has a cool moment when he blocks with the shattered sword for a second. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a little sword breaker from wheel of time. That's what it looks like. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I dude, of... the the getting hit in the hamstring and it breaking your leg like that, like out the front of your thigh, just looked horribly painful. Yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> kind of grunts. <laughs> I would have been like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> the only uh, the thing that really started Geralt's downfall was Geralt tried to hit him with an Ard blast, and Villagaforce just sent it right back, mm-hmm. double time, sent him flying into the beach, and that was when. You know, the the staff hitch really started to hit heavy because Geralt, I mean, he could not he was blocking and all he could do was block. He he couldn't get an offensive going at all. And he just started taking one hit and then he took another hit. And my God, it felt wrong. It felt wrong to see him so beat up and bloody. But it was, it was exciting at the same time. Devastating seeing that look in his eye, just like being defeated and like looking at the tower and stuff. And mm-hmm. he actually like looked sad, like, damn. Like, I'm going to die here. I'm not going to be able to get, go help Siri. It was just amazing. And Kyle, this is for you. Um, I guess you guys too, because it's this is about oh. the Liam thing again, not to like be excessive about it. But some people thought at the beginning of the season that this moment could have been what set up the transition because they knew it was going to happen, where some people were were, were thinking like Vilgaforce was going to fuck Geralt's face up, but it would have only worked if it was the finale. And then when he gets healed oh. up, new guy, like, I don't know, uh. something like that. <laughs> That was Face that was off. a thought I saw. Just yeah, beat him into being handsome Squidward. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be uh, just so interesting what happens. It would like well, imagine if he just like is mute, but just like a great fighter. Like he just has no speaking lines, but just nails all the action scenes. I feel like that would be almost like an absolute win. Yeah, yeah. Just, mm, I don't know. Mm. I guess we'll have. Yeah, to see. he just grunts around. Yeah, a couple cool lines in this fight. Right before they go, Vilgaforce is saying, "Arrogance will be your undoing." Carol goes and steel will be yours. That was great. But nope. wasn't. Yep. Tough yeah. one. Not, not, <laughs> not, yet. Yet. not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Dave already said this, but Vilgoverse, when he goes, you know what the hardest part was? Holding back, hiding my real skills. That was so mm-hmm. good. Um, and the last one, after Geralt is dying on the beach, he says, You mistook the stars reflected on the pond at night for the sky. And Book readers, that is one line like uh, time of contempt is coming. They say that a million times. They say this line a million times. And uh, 
it just hits different. I don't know what. When Vilgefort said that, I got chills. Mm-hmm. I'll also- see you one. I'll see you later one day, and he just leaves Geralt broken as a warning to the continent. Yeah, I like that part of just like, I mean, that's almost everyone knows the White Wolf, and he just fucking kicked his ass and left him on the beach like that kind of. It's a shockwave, like the fucking news coup in One Piece would be dropping that newspaper everywhere, and people would be like, oh my god. Hell yeah. But who else saves him but Clutch Daddy Triss, man? She yeah. comes in. Yeah. Always, she's man. She's always there. Seriously. We, like, Yen would have died. Angel. Yeah, she's an angel to this group. <laughs> this episode, Yen would have died and Garrett would have died, if not for Triss. So, mm-hmm. God bless her. This um, is just the so, third wheel. She just wants to be a part of this family, but well, this, is, this is the closest she's going to Her and Istrid now. Istrid had a line where he's like, I can't lose you. And they had that like meet up. Uh, I hope they end episode. up together. That's what I, I think want. they are. I think that's where I it's going. So. That is I where it seems so. to be going. Um, so we get Yen getting to Stiseya, um, saving her as we're watching Strikeable lighting himself and all the elves on fire. Um, Ciri's now running to the tower. Oh my god, so stupid. Running up the tower, um, we see that it's actually a monolith inside. Vilgefort starts speaking. She fucking stumbles and drops her sword. I was like, God fucking damn it, Siri. The Witcher. What, what? All this <laughs> Witcher training, and you're going to fucking drop your sword walking up some steps like crazy. Yeah. Um, as Kyle was saying earlier, Vilgefort is pleading that he just wants to share his knowledge with her. I was thinking in my her. head, what if she like, what if she just went with it? Like, <laughs> he would have had me. <laughs> like, he well, yeah, what, me. What, what? There's no like to her. I guess like she doesn't know like worst case scenario. I guess like <laughs> just go but, with them. I mean, he's clearly the winning side. You might as well learn from the best. <laughs> in the end, the monolith was more convincing because she's talking yeah. to it, and all of a sudden she's like, "I understand." Um, ends up blowing up the tower, exposing the monolith to everybody. Um, Vilgefortz goes flying. Don't see what happens to him. Don't see what happens to Siri. All you see is everybody looking up at the wreckage. You know, all the mages of the Brotherhood just barely together, alive but barely breathing, um, and just watching their home just fall apart. The shot of the um, tower getting completely blown up was really badass. Yeah. And in my head, I'm just thinking, how does Siri survive the fall from all the way up there to to the bottom? But who knows? And then I was also thinking, out? and then I'm also thinking for Vilgefortz, like ah, Queen Maeve from The Voice just survives oh, like a nuclear God. blast yeah. up front. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll have to see what happens. It was funny that he was like walking up and he was like, "Hey, stop." he seemed nice like Siri should have easily been like oh this guy's really <laughs> really cool felt, like way casual for her just clearly talking to this thing that's about to fucking explode and he was like yo chill what are you doing <laughs> you're not ready for that Get here. <laughs> yeah, and then it just blows the fuck up there but yeah five. that's the episode pretty crazy we talked a lot about things that bothered us but in the end i think we all really really love this episode i mean i'm going to be talking about it forever i watched it three times today you know oh, before recording this because i just it was i needed to see it again it was so exciting your guys any final thoughts on it i guess just to reiterate what i said at the start i feel like it just puts us in just a very interesting place for these last two episodes, I'm excited to just see what happens from here. So much happened. There's going to be so many consequences to the to the actions or, you know, whatever, to the occurrences of what happened in this episode. Like that in itself is like usually a good sign for an episode, especially at this 
point in the season. It gets us to the penultimate, which is typically, you know, some crazy shit happens and then the finale. So it feels like we're at a good spot in the season. I want to see um, like a face off between Amir and Vilgaforce because Vilgaforce, I mean, we know that they're working together, but like when Geralt approaches Vilgaforce before he gets his ass kicked, you know, Vilgaforce is saying like, they're, they're only, I'm only with them because they're helping me achieve what I want to get closer to. So it's, it's uh, like a give and take kind of relationship between Vilgaforce and Nilfgaard. So I'm just interested to see like how the ruler, Amir, just reacts to Vilgaforce. You know, he's not pledging his loyalty to, to Amir. It's more so he's just looking to get something out of this relationship. And so I'd like to see them face to face. And like, if they're, are they going to be friends? Are they going to hate each other? I'm assuming that they would probably not be like boys but um because that's something that i don't yeah i don't think that was something that was really do like delved into in the books really all that much so it would be cool to see on screen quick note um i want to say to that dave right before Geralt and vilgefortz went off Geralt had a line it was like oh like even with amir pulling your strings vilgefortz snapped and said you know i have no strings like we just happen to be gaining yeah. our goal simultaneously so i agree it will be interesting to see them interact and how they're related and like he, he hasn't like explicitly said what his goal is either really right like we just know that Nilfgaard's goal amir's goal is to you know he wants siri because of the the blood that she has in her body that's really it and i'm sure it's the kind of along this yeah and i'm sure it's kind of along the same for vilgaforce like something with siri's blood he's after well i guess we already know that he is after something with like the elder blood based off the experiments so my final thoughts just fuck here and Frigilla, whatever over them but there were some 10 out of 10 moments and i always use that term i use that pretty loosely but they they were truly for me 10 <laughs> out of 10 moments with francesca's nuclear explosion yen throwing the sword to Geralt, and then vilgefortz for Geralt was amazing and even an honorable mention to to say is thunder magic which we didn't talk about much but that was pretty epic like straight out of malazan paul like that was that was epic um but all those good moments led to this. Yeah, this is probably my favorite episode of the entire season. I don't know about series yet. Uh, and then my my critique is just it's I'm I'm questioning if they actually did kill Rianz and Lydia. Like, is there really a bad guy roster now that Kahir's also not anti us? I the only I don't really know what's going on with that. Especially the only one I can think of is the them. one that like sorry to cut you off really quickly, but like Siri frees that uh, kid um from the for the portals and they mention that one guy but like that's a completely like that doesn't have anything to do with like feels Nilf like guard. week yeah exactly i guess but i just wanted to put that in there that that's someone. yeah that, that's just the thing i'm wondering what they're going to do going forward because like okay amir and vilgefortz is that it is that the only adversaries i don't know yeah yeah like uh like everybody else is saying, I really super enjoyed this episode. A couple things here and there. But that's going to do it for episode six. We will be back covering episode seven and eight next time. If you like what you heard, please follow us at BingetownTV.com and at all socials and wherever you get your podcast. Uh, some of the other stuff that we covered, we just finished Silo. We just finished Cruel Summer. We What else we got going on here? We're doing Jujutsu Kaisen. Jujutsu Kaisen, yeah. Secret Invasions, which got the lowest up. rated fucking Marvel review. It was at thirteen percent last I checked, which is crazy. Finale, yeah. yeah, yeah, can't wait to record that. No, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> um, that aside, we do have some really good shows. I'm sure you guys will find something you like. Again, please check us out on the Discord. Would love to talk to you guys there. 
But that is going to do it for us this time. We'll see you here next time. It's a fucking purge, baby. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.